When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell. I'm your host, and I am joined as I am every week by Noah Fleischman. We're going to dive all the way into NC State's loss to Duke yesterday. Um, if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you watched it or at least saw the final score. It wasn't pretty. Noah and I were there in Durham, and it was um, you know 24 to three defeat. NC State scored on its first offensive possession, and then did not score again and only had one snap in the red zone, and that was on its final drive of the game. wasn't a pretty one. NC State falls to 4-3 and three on the season going into its bye week. Pivotal part of the season. I feel like we've been saying that every week, but now you're kind of teetering on the brink here where things could get rough if you don't correct course during your week off. So we're going to talk through all of that. We're going to talk through you know what the players and Coach Doran told us after the game. We're going to you know try to shed as much light – as much light on this disappointing defeat as we can. But before we do that, a quick housekeeping note. No and I are both writers for the Wolfpacker.com. That's NC State's website on the On3 network. Right now it is $1 to join the Wolfpacker.com for premium access to our message board community, um, premium team recruiting scoops for football, women's and men's basketball, and recruiting for all of them. Noah's got some exciting info for the men's basketball recruiting side of things coming earlier this week. Interview with a priority target, so go check that out. And um, it's flip season with football recruiting. Um, you know, we're keeping track of it. We're posting the scoops on our message board on the front page. It's only $1 to get access to all of it. Go check it out on thewolfpacker.com. But hey, recruiting aside, um, team scoops aside, Today, we are here to talk about NC State's loss to Duke. NC State hit the road, traveled to Durham, drove the 30 minutes up I-40, and then lost. They did not play a good game against Duke. I think that's pretty safe to say. It, it, it was um, an interesting matchup where, of course, you know, Duke's the number 17 team in the country. They're, they're, they're a great team, but um, great defense, as obviously NC State saw last night, but you know, they, they didn't have Riley Leonard. They had to start Henry Beelan the fourth, their redshirt freshman backup quarterback. That was his first career start. And um, I thought in-state would be able to take advantage of that. But Duke came out with such a, um, you know, game plan that was so focused and, you know, so concentrated on, you know, not asking um, Beelan to do anything really. Um, just make the, make the plays, you know, within the framework of the offense. And it worked well for them. NC-State couldn't really disrupt it. And, of course – you know, Duke left with the win. Noah, your initial thoughts on this loss for the Wolfpack? Yeah, it was an ugly game. I think, you know, if you're an NC State fan, you know, 24 to 3 is now what you want to see. You know, it's their lowest scoring output um, since 2014 when they were blanked by Clemson, a really good Clemson team. So, I mean, that says a lot right there, right? You, right after they go out and score 48 against Marshall, their most points in five years, they come out and drop their fewest amount of points in nine years. Uh, it's just the, the polar opposites in, in, a, in a week's time. And in a game that was winnable on the road against a ranked opponent, the quarterback threw, completed four passes. I think if somebody told me before the game, Henry Beelan's going to complete four passes, I think, all right, NC State's got a good chance to win. 
Mm-hmm. But the Dolphins couldn't move the ball. They moved the ball. They just would stall at midfield. They could get out of their own end, but then run out of gas at midfield and, and have to punt. Um, you know, they, they crossed the 56 times, and four of those six times, it ended at the 42, 43, or 44-yard line. Not great. And then, as you said, you know, one play in the red zone, which was the, which ended up being a sack and back to the 30-yard line. So not, you know, what you want to see if you're an NC State fan. Um, you know, I, I think that it's it's rough, and this week is going to be pivotal. Um, you, don't, you don't want to talk about being able to a season hinging on one week of a bye week and no game happening, but when you think about it, four and three, they need two wins to buy, and their final five games are against Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. There's two wins in there, Wake Forest and Virginia Tech, you know, that you think that it's a really winnable game. But the other three, NC State's going to have to play perfect if they want a chance to win those games. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I said earlier, it's a bit of a, like, you know, feels like the season kind of hinges on this bye week. And we're going to get into that. Um, the players kind of echoed the same thing after the game. But uh, let's go through each side of the ball. The offense, you kind of alluded to it. Like I'll run through it. They had drives that finished on the Duke 45, the Duke 44, the Duke 46, the 50, the NC State 48, and the Duke 46. That was um, in the fourth quarter. And then they had another drive where they, you know, you know probably their best offensive drive of the day and garbage time where they drove and had one play on the 20 yard line of Duke before MJ Morris was sacked, knocked them back. And it ended up being another turnover on downs. So it was a rough day for the offense. They only went three and out three times. Um, It it wasn't like they weren't getting any offensive momentum. It was just tough to sustain it. And we we talked about that Noah, right? But on, on, on Thursday, we, we talked about how, this Duke defense, it's really talented. No one's been able to establish much rhythm against them. So NC State was going to need those explosive plays, and it just couldn't connect on those. Um, you saw them bring out Anthony Smith for a few more snaps. He's a guy that um, – a receiver, tall guy, but with elite speed to kind of um, you know try to take the top off that Duke defense, but it just wasn't happening for them. And they, couldn't, they couldn't connect, whether it was a drop here or there, whether it was – miscommunication, a poor throw. Uh, it just was not a great day for the Wolfpack offense overall. And then, I mean, you can you combine that with uh, the, the rushing attack. It just kind of reverted back to the troubling trend we saw all year where, um, you know, it's uh, five of the seven games now. The quarterback has led the team in rushing. MJ Morris carried the ball for a team high 14 times. Uh, and, you know, and he's not Brennan Armstrong, as we've talked so, like, you know, detailed about like it's he's not a quarterback you want carrying it that much in a game especially when he is the future of your program and you want to keep that guy healthy like you don't want him having to just be scrambling for his life the entire game but they couldn't they couldn't you know create any other rushing attack beyond him so it just was not a good performance um Noah anything you noticed from the offensive side of the ball yeah I, I think when you look at the offensive side of the ball they needed the explosive plays, and you talk about that. And they didn't get many. They got a few. I mean, you can pull it. I, I can pull it up. But like, you would think against a Duke team that was reeling and coming off a loss, you know, against Notre Dame to give a chance to, to win it. Um, but the offense didn't get going. MJ Morris, I wouldn't say struggled, 
but we didn't really get anything going. It was kind of like one of those games where it's like not a terrible game from a quarterback, but it wasn't the best. They threw the ball, what, 40 times? One for 193. Interception, the interception was pretty bad. Um, he owned it after the game, but they had six big plays of, of passing yards, which is 15 or six big passing plays, which is 15 yards or more for 100 yards. And then they had five on the ground, which are 10 or more, and they picked up 76 yards. So they got kind of explosive plays. But if you look at what downs they're happening on, it's just not ha- not really working. Third and eight, first and 20. You know, these are these are long behind the stick, second and 18. And penalties really cost them on offense. And I think that's the biggest thing when you look at this offense is they had the opportunity to pick up big plays, but they were picking up big plays just so they could move the chains. Um, if, you, if you're at first and 10, second and five, and you get a 20-yard play, you're feeling good. But if you're at second and 20 and you get a 20-yard play, it's right at this first down marker, and you're like, okay, yeah. like, woof, we, we, we survive it down. So that's the biggest thing. Penalties hurt them a lot. False starts were really bad in the first quarter. Only had four in the first quarter alone. They fixed that as the game went on, but still other penalties came back to bite them. And, and overall in the game, NC State was penalized 11 times for 87 yards, while Duke was six for 33 yards. So there's the biggest difference is, you know, just keeping composure. Dave Dorn talked about it after the game. He said going in, they knew they had to be composed. Duke is not a team that's going to beat itself. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, but NC State felt like they beat themselves. Yeah, I'm shocked we got nine minutes into this podcast without mentioning the penalties. I mean, just um, like the false starts, it was just you know the, the holding. Like Dorn's talked about it, it's technique. Like there's, it's just technique errors that they need to fix and um, you know cut down on that. Um, the false starts, it was kind of mystifying because I, I mean, shoot, for those watching who weren't at the game or couldn't tell on TV, it was. It, there was a lot of it. It was not a packed Duke house. It's it's just, Wallace Wade Stadium isn't like the biggest stadium to begin with, and there were a lot of NC State fans. So it's not like it was, you know, hard to hear, hard to communicate out there. It was just it was puzzling why all of these penalties were happening. It was just you know sloppy football, and it, it was coming from everywhere. I mean, they had offensive. The offensive line had penalties that ranged from false starts to um like a, a tripping personal foul. It's just like nothing was going right for that unit. Um, they allowed five tack five tackles for loss, or um, it might have even been higher than that. I know they allowed four sacks. So it's just not a good day for that unit at all. And um, I, I don't know how many of those issues are necessarily fixable in the short term. So we're gonna have to see what happens. Um, defensively, it was a whole other story. Um, no, I don't know if um, you thought the same here, but it just kind of seemed like there was just like the same troubling trends that we saw, we've seen all season that we thought the team was starting to take those forward steps. We thought they were starting to improve. It seemed like they kind of just unraveled again. I mean, you saw, you know, they, they were put in a tough spot after MJ Morris's pick, right? They, they were backed up on their own seven or eight yard line. But then it was, you know, classic just, play action, and then they get a tight end wide open. And the tight ends continue to get open. I I don't understand. Like, I I think Tony Gibson is the best defensive coordinator in the country, or at least one of them. And so I just don't understand why tight ends are still so consistently able to get open against this team. And you combine that with um, just, you know, lack of gap integrity at points where they were selling out to stop the run, and that allowed for some long QB keepers on read options. And I'm um, on, you know, the, you know, really just back breaking play of the third quarter, which is when, you know, that 
the Duke running back just bounced outside and, you know, broke a 83 yard touchdown run, which, you know, increased their lead. And from then on, it felt like that game was pretty much um, under wraps for Duke. So yeah, it wasn't a pretty game for the defense either. I mean, Duke ran 42 offensive plays. It's like, it's like they, they, they was very controlled. I believe six different guys touched the ball offensively. It was a very narrow controlled game plan like we mentioned right um that they, they were gonna let their defense win the game and you know let nc state kind of um get in its own way and that's what happened nc state got in its own way it made critical mistakes and to be honest from like the from halftime on it never felt like nc state was really in this game um that was a little bit of a tangent but no you're kind of circling back to the defense just any thoughts from what you saw from that side of the ball yeah i think they let Duke, you know, do what Duke wanted to do going in. Mike Elko talked about it after Duke's coach. He was like, you know, NC State's got one of the best run defenses in the country. And what do they do so well is, you know, there's not a lot of five-yard gains against this defense. It's either zero yards or it's a big play. And Duke was, like, wanting to make the big plays happen. They got enough. Jordan Waters broke off, you know, the 83-yard touchdown. Overall, they had six, you know, big runs on the day. He had three of them. That's really the difference. He talked about you just play the game of averages. You're going to have some runs that go for no yards. He estimated that Waters had like eight carries that didn't do much. And then the other, you know, what, six big plays, get downfield, score a touchdown, win the game. That's the biggest thing. And, and, you know, Peyton Wilson was pretty candid after the game, saying that the team just needs to get tougher overall. But he kind of called the effort out of the defense saying like, you know, it feels like only three people are on the field sometimes. I mean, there's 11 guys out there, but, you know, sometimes I guess it feels like, you know, he's doing everything, which if you look at the box score, 11 total tackles, the next closest player to Peyton Wilson had four, three guys had four tackles. I think, you know, for him, he's kind of getting frustrated a little bit on just having to do everything for this defense, which he hangs his hat on being that guy. But I think he's getting kind of tired of it, of, of being the guy that's going to have to get 10, 11, 12, 14 tackles a game, but it's kind of the kind of what he needs to do to keep this defense somewhat alive. It's working, but I think this is a big week for the defense as well. We talk about the offense, you know, checking itself and, and figuring out the mistakes and drop balls and things like that with the receivers. The defense, I think it's more of an effort thing. They're skilled. They can do it. They just need to, you know, apply themselves a little bit more, I think, at times. And, and once Duke, you know, started getting rolling, you could definitely see the, the body language of the entire NCC team wasn't great on the sideline and on the field. And, and you knew from there, I think, you know, third quarter, middle of the third quarter, it's like, all right, this, this game's over. I, I think it was pretty clear. Like uh, against Notre Dame, NC State had a shot, right? They had it within one score in the third quarter. They had a shot to, um, you know, at least bring that game down to the wire, even though it turned into a blowout at the end. Against Louisville, obviously, it came down to the very last possession of that game. So those were their two losses prior. The third one, it felt like Duke was a head and shoulders better team than NC State. They played tougher football, which the you know Doran and um, Peyton Wilson mentioned after the game. They um, were more disciplined, and um, I think they got out coached. I think Mike Elko came in with a really really good game plan and um, kind of just schemed his way around the Wolfpack last night. But you you mentioned kind of playing the like law of averages there. I'm starting to think, like, is that going to be what just every team does now? Because if you look at it, you know, against um, like against UConn, again, UConn committed to the run. They stuck to it. They broke a couple big runs, right? Notre Dame, again, 
they stuck to it, even though, you know, they would get stopped over and over again. Eventually they broke off a few big runs. Marshall, they got stuffed a few times. They kind of went away from it. And, and their longest rush of that day was like, or Rasheen Ali, their star running back's longest rush was like 11 yards. And same with Louisville, honestly. Like, the, Jar Jordan's one of the best running backs in the country, and they, they ran him a few times. It got absolutely nothing, and they went away from it. So now I wonder if these teams are going to start saying, hey, like, we're okay with just getting stuffed for, um, you know, you know, 60% of our rushing attempts. But, hey, when we break off a couple of these 40, 50-yard rushes, it's going to be a game-changing um, situation. So, and that, you know, it comes down to eye discipline. It comes down to gap integrity by this defense, two issues that have been issues for the entire season. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, tell NC State how to fix that because I don't know. that That's way above my pay grade. I'm sure the defensive staff is going to be hard at work to fix those issues over the bye week. So we'll see with how they do with um, a week off of introspection, but um, you know, they, they have a lot of holes to fill. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some players of the game and kind of look forward towards what this loss means for the rest of the season. But first, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, you can find it at the Game Time app on any app store, or you can check it out at gametime.co on your web browser. Um, and it's .co, not .com, by the way. And, uh, you know, it's Tickets for anything you could possibly think of, whether that's a game, a concert, comedy show. You know, if you want to go to um, the UNC-NC State game at um, the end of November, they've got tickets for that. If you want to go to the Canes game soon, it, tickets for that. Just anything you can think of, you know, great deals on there. You log on. My favorite thing about game, the Game Time app, I have it on my phone, is that when you, um, when you open it up, you can see exactly the view of where you would be sitting. I'll hold up my phone for those watching on YouTube. But um, you can see you log on to the app. It shows the price, the seat, and the view from your seat. And um, it's pretty sweet. Um, right now, you know, you can find tickets to that UNC game for $112. So, you know, hot ticket, high demand for that one. Go check it out. Um, and if you do check it out, use code WOLFPACK. That's all caps WOLFPACK. For your first purchase, you're gonna get twenty dollars off. Go check it out; it's a great deal. It's game time it's on the App Store, or you can find it on your web browser at gametime.co. All right, Noah, let's get back into it. Uh, obviously, like the way we've described it, it just it was not not a good game. Not a lot of standout performers, but you wrote a game ball story. You you chose a couple of players of the game because it wasn't all negative. Who is one guy that you want to recognize as a player of the game? I think Braden Narvison, you know, deserves a game ball. Uh, he He's the only points they put up on the board. Kicked a 57-yard field goal, which is his career long. Sets a program record as well. And that thing was good from 60. It was kind of down the middle. Had a lot of juice on it. We watched it. I was like, this is a pretty interesting call by Dave Dorn, but nailed it. I think that's really good to have a weapon like that and, and you know, in your arsenal to be able to kick almost a 60-yard field goal and feel good about it. Um, and that was a drive where NC State took over on an interception, had four plays, zero yards. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, telling about that whole offensive performance is when your scoring drive went four plays, zero yards, got three points out of it, lucked three points out. And not lucked it, but 57 in college football is, is a pretty big-time kick. 
Um, and so I don't think any kicker really in college football is automatic. This isn't Justin Tucker or someone like that in the NFL that it's pretty automatic from that distance. So I gave him a game ball just saying, you know, how well he's kicked, you know, throughout the year too. I mean, he had game winner at Virginia, his first career game winner. So that's a career long now. I think he's really coming to his own here in his final year of college football. Yeah, he, he's he, that's a great pick. I mean, I, I've been watching him in warmups all season, and um, he re- he goes, he sits and just boots them from sixty yards throughout warmups, and he hits them. He's got a leg. Um, it was cool to see that. Um, you know, Coach Dorn trust him and let him run out and hit that because shoot, if they didn't, I mean, it would have been a shutout. And um, you know, it was good to get those points on the board, and it was. You know, it was going well <laughs> at, at the start there, right? You, you get the interception. Um, you don't get anything off of that drive. It was three plays for, um, you know, zero yards. But, yeah, you, you get the points on the board and you set up for some early success there. And then, obviously, then they connected on that 69-yard uh, passing play that completely reversed momentum and NC State never got it back. But, yes, hats off to Braden. Great kick. Um, he's been, you know, huge addition out of the portal, picking up where Chris Dunn left off and um, continuing that, uh, you know, just reliable and, you know, playmaking presence at the place kicking spot. Um, my game ball is going to go to Peyton Wilson. Um, first of all, just for his candid comments after the game, um, he, he called out the team, said they need to be tougher. He's kind of alluded to that previously. But like this, he was direct about it this time out. And you mentioned this comment earlier about it. Sometimes it feels like there's only three guys out there on the field. Um, and, you know, that, that's a call out. He, he wants to see more effort from this team. And, you know, no one can say enough about him as a leader, his teammates or coaches. Like he, they, these players, you know, they, they listen to Peyton. They're going to hear that wake up call and they're going to go um, and they're going to go get it this bye week. I mean, MJ Morris was saying, like, you know, he doesn't care. He'll stay till midnight watching film. He'll stay an hour after practice working on the jugs machine. It does not matter to him. They're going to put in that work and find a way to, um, you know, kind of right the ship here. Uh, yeah. So Peyton yeah. gets it further off the field and then shoot on the field. I mean, he, he did it again. He led the team in tackles by um, a decent margin of uh, six solo tackles. Um, Noah, no, no one else had more than one solo tackle. Well, that is a staggering statistic. Peyton Wilson had six solo tackles. No one else had more than one. He finished with 11 total, two for loss, a half a sack, and another quarterback hurry. So great game for him. Um, continuing to lead that defense. He was flying around. And, uh, you know, um, and this is certainly is not an indictment of him. I think he's playing like the best linebacker in the country right now. It's just I feel like at this point, it's sometimes he feels like he has to do other guys' jobs. So maybe he's even pressing a little bit. And I'm trying to fill like multiple roles at once. And it's just, you know, it puts him in a tough spot. It puts his defense in a tough spot. It leads to more mistakes. And, you know, it's they need a more collective effort from this defense. But um, this was another great outing from Peyton. Um, Noah, do you have another game ball you want to give out? I think KC deserves one, you know, 96 total offensive yards, second on the team in rushing, led the team in receiving. I mean, they were finding ways to get the ball in his hand. Pop passes did show a couple, but they line him up as a running back, which I think caught Duke off guard. He broke off a 21 yard run, you know, in the backfield. He's not a big guy. Shouldn't be taking running back type hits, but 
it worked four carries, you know, second on the team in rushing. So he deserves a game ball. I think, you know, he can probably get a game ball every week, just like Peyton Wilson can. There's two of probably the most consistent players on this team Absolutely. outside of KC's one down game, you know, against Louisville where really they couldn't find him. He was open 13 times. So really he had a great game in that one too. They just couldn't get him the ball. So I think, you know, those two guys who sound like a broken record every week, giving them a game ball. I write that in my game ball story every week saying basically they end up with them. But they're deserving, and they're the two best players on this field right now. And I think that that's telling, especially being a freshman wide receiver. He's coming in, owning this offense. And and really, you know, him and MJ Moore are two young guys. But if you talk to them about this offense, they take a lot of, you know, shoulder a lot of the blame and, and shoulder a lot of, you know, wanting to to fix it. And I think that that's big to see from from two young guys. So KC deserves one. I don't know if you, if you had another one, but he definitely deserved it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I thought it was fun using him and Julian Gray in the backfield a little bit on running back carries. I mean, Casey, just, it's, it's just staggering how, he, how hard he is to tackle. He was breaking tackles left and right, and um, I'm looking forward to diving into the PFF numbers for him just running after the contact. I mean, he's just he's having a, um, a great year, um, one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, my final game ball is I'm going to keep with the special teams trend. I think that, you know, out of the three phases, it was definitely NC State's best phase of the game Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Caden Noonkester. Um, he had probably his first bad game ever in an NC State uniform against Marshall. You know, shanked a punt. Um, the rest of them weren't too great either. So he bounced back. He, um, he, he punted six times. That's obviously more times than you want to punt, but – He's punted six times, um, averaged 41.2, and that um, average isn't, like, too high. But when, you know, you go back to what we said about these drives stalling near midfield, um, you know, he pinned four of those inside the 20. He helped flip the field, helped give NC State shots to, you know, kind of get the ball back and get it in good field position. It's just the offense couldn't do anything with it throughout the game. So it didn't show up in the same way. Um, that it had in the past because it didn't lead to, you know, these short fields and quick points for the pack. But Caden had another good game. He is still one of the better punters in the ACC. All right. So those are our game balls for this week. And now we're going to, you know, wrap up the show by just kind of looking towards the rest of the season. Obviously, usually we talk a little bit about the next opponent. It's a bye week. We're going to talk about what we want to see NC State improve in over the next week. I mean, shoot, I think there's a laundry list for these coaches. I think there's going to be quite a few things that they're, um, that they're looking for. Uh, I think the primary thing is just keeping this team together. I think this Duke loss, it's, it was an emotional, another emotional loss. You know, it's an emotional loss where it was um, clear that Duke was the better team. So yeah, the, the leaders of the pack said all the right things. MJ said all the right things after the game. Peyton did too. Doran did as well, taking responsibility for it and, um, you know, outlining a path for, you know, what they're going to be looking at. Noah, um, what, what are you hoping to see? Um, the team take step forward in, uh, in four, 13 days from now, when we see this team play against Clemson, what do you want to see them imp- have improved in? The offensive line, um, I mean, it did not play well against, you know, against a good Duke defensive line. Uh, you know, from penalties hurting, you can pull it. I mean, I can pull it up. It's not great penalty-wise, not great pressure-wise. They were only credited with, I believe, one of the four sacks 
So I guess that just tells you that um, MJ kind of ran into a sack. Uh, but yeah, you look at the penalties, Lyndon Cooper had three penalties, Anthony Bolton had two penalties, and Dylan McMahon had one. So that's three, two, six penalties. Not great on the offensive line. They allowed some pressures too. I mean, you know, eight, eight pressure, uh, eight pressures. Most of them came from the offensive line. So you want to clean that up a little bit. I think that's a start. I mean, it's played well at times this year, but it's also not played well at times. And it really hurt them, especially those pre-snap penalties, um, false starts and things like that really were drive killers. It happened early in the game, took the momentum out of the game. You know, NC State had the fan base there too basically steal momentum. If, if they got rolling on that first drive and had scored a touchdown off the pick, that place would have been really loud for the team in red, but it just didn't happen. And uh, I think that's kind of a priority, um, but, you know, going back to what you're saying, staying together as a team, they were saying that after the Louisville loss came back against Marshall and passed the test of staying together as a team. I think this one's probably a bigger challenge, two weeks of just seeing each other. And I think it's good though, right? At this time of the year, I mean, we'll see if they can come back and pass the test again against a much, much stronger competition in the in the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, and I mean, we you talk about Duke's defense, and it was pretty clear this was not going to be a team you could score on if you stayed behind the sticks. And those offensive line penalties completely um, ruined any momentum by by the offense, right? Like it, it just it was very clear from very early on. This team was not going to have any success moving the ball consistently with those penalties because Duke is just too talented, too well coached of a defense to score on that. And, um, you know, it, they exposed those issues for NC State. Um, moving forward, what I want to see, number one, is just, you know, kind of just the, what the refined personnel rotation looks like on both sides of the ball. Um, I thought, you know, I think we're starting to see it a little more with the receivers. But um, I think you got to get, you know, continue to get Terrell Timmons more snaps. I, th- I think at this point, I, I feel comfortable saying he's the second best receiver on this team. Um, I, I think you need to um, continue to get Trent Penix opportunities. Obviously, he left with an injury in this matchup, hoping he's all right. Um, we have not heard an update on his status. But um, hopefully he's all right and you can continue to get him involved. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, one of the top five most dynamic players in the offense, you got to get him opportunities. And then it's just, um, sorry, I was getting a phone call there, but um, you have to look out for, you know, how's it going to change on defense? Because, you know, Peyton called out the effort, right? But um, Coach Doran did too. He, he, he said they're going to take a hard look at the rotations d- during this bye week. They're going to look at who is actually playing hard, who, who, is, who is playing with full effort on every snap, on every play, and I'm um, doing so consistently. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they refine the rotation there. Do um do we see you know um, new linebackers get in the mix? I don't know. Do we see new corners, new safeties? Nah. Like I I don't know what you switch up there, but it's clear that the staff feels like there might need to be a change, it, or just people need to start showing more effort in that, or there's going to be a change. So. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that. We'll see how that goes. And um, hopefully, I mean, this is kind of your last chance to take a deep, deep introspective look <laughs> and um, make changes before this home stretch of the season because, you know, that Duke defense is no joke. I mean, that Clemson defense is no joke either and will be a very stiff test. And then you play some pretty dynamic offenses down the stretch as well. 
So, you know, lots to be concerned about, I'd say. You're four and three. Bowl, bowl eligibility is not a lock. It is not a lock for this team. You have two road games against them, you know, bottom half of the ACC teams, and the rest of that schedule is pretty difficult. So, all right. I think that's it for today. Um, thank you all for listening and watching, talking through this loss. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to have more thoughts, more analysis up on the Wolfpacker.com throughout the week. Go check it out on the Wolfpacker.com. Um, also wanted to plug, we have uh, another magazine coming out. If you didn't know, the Wolfpacker has a print magazine comes out um, every couple of months. Um, you can go find that online as well. Order your copy. Um, this is going to be our basketball preview. So if you're, you know, already a little too bummed out about football, go read some about the basketball team. Um, and we'll have some basketball content online as well this week. All right. My name is Ethan and I'm joined by Noah as I am every week and we will see you on Thursday. Thanks for watching. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.